You want to get high, man? Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. Rojan Kim. Hello and welcome to the Rose and Kim cast. It's me, Rose and Kim, and joining me today is Lila Hart. Yay! Lila Hart is a comedian. She's an actress. She's an all-around super talented lady. Um, you may have seen her videos out there going viral. Um, you may recognize her from I don't know wherever. I mean, she's you've been around like all, all over the place, right? Like you, because I know that I saw a couple of video, videos of yours go viral, and then I don't know. I just feel like I've seen you all around like you've toured around and stuff you've been all around um, yeah it's uh it's actually really funny i was just uh thinking about today this weekend today last year mm -hmm. i was actually in nashville performing stand-up so nashville yep nashville tennessee oh nice yeah i was uh performing with sylvia sage at a deja vu at the strip club so strip club stand-up comedy pretty crazy but <laughs> oh man that was a different time man i'm sure like man we i mean i was just saying before we started like how the last time i saw you was you were hosting a mic and that was like the last spot i think i did you know before the quarantine and how i don't know i mean i was just joking about the coronavirus <laughs> but i was just joking but i didn't really know it would be like this <laughs> was... sorry that my mom was trying to face oh, don't worry about it all day so she do. I face uh, with my mom every day. I just I'll let her know. It's good. No worries. Shout out to uh, Esther Hart on Instagram. Y'all can find her because she comments back to everybody. If you yeah. follow me, my mom is probably following you too. Dude, she's like uh, one of the most supportive mothers I think I've ever seen on social media. <laughs> like a lot of times, moms aren't you know they're either like they get in there and start trying to argue with people, <laughs> but your mom's like all love, all support. It's awesome. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah um i uh what do you guys wh where's your mom so my mom is actually in um uh, washington state my ah. parents are in washington which is crazy because at the beginning of this that's kind of where it first uh started people are starting to lock down you know yeah but, um they're healthy everybody is good so you know we're just facetiming every day but i miss them so much my mom's birthday is on sunday so i wish uh, I could uh, that's, yeah. There's a lot of birthdays that got missed, like all of March. It was like a bunch of people in my family. My my aunt's birthday is coming up soon. You know, like just all the birthdays are just going by the wayside. Um, this kid who lives, I live next door to this couple who has a baby, and it was like his third birthday, and so he had like a little drive-by parade of all of his friends or whatever because they couldn't have a party, so they just like drove by at a certain time, honking at him and stuff. You know. Um, I Which, went to a, I went to a drive-by birthday party for my friend Krista, uh, and me and my roommate Alan, we went and we dressed up as genies, because I had these genie costumes that I was saving for a sketch, so uh, as quarantine genies, so it looked great with like my face mask and stuff, it was awesome. Nice. Uh, so what are you doing nowadays? Like, what do you, I know, um, you know, uh, Obviously, you can't do comedy. <laughs> Obviously, you can't really do anything in where you did major living uh, in front of people and performing in front of live humans. So, like, what are you? What are you? How are you spending your time? And so, well, you know, I'm just super grateful to have my boyfriend Eric Albanante, so I'm quarantined with him, which yeah. I'm really fortunate for. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
but we have, you know, all our animals. We have our cat cupcake. I've got eight fish downstairs. I got four fish in the bedroom and then two fish in a 30 gallon tank with uh, two turtles. So. Wait, what is that like 14 fish? Yeah, 14, 14 fish. 14. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and are they all like different species or do they like? Well, okay, so um, 12 of them are beta fish. So they have to be in separate uh, tanks. Well, they scrap, right? They'll like kill each other. Yeah. Don't they like kill? Okay. So, you, but you have 12 beta <laughs> separated. <laughs> so you have 12 like killers. You essentially have like this super max prison for fish going on. <laughs> or you have like. Yeah. Hold on. My cat but, is biting something. Let me just. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no. Get to. <laughs> um, okay. We're having cat related <laughs> issues. Uh, okay. We got to say. This is Cupcake. Hello, Cupcake. Well, what's also funny is that you have so many fish and a cat. Like, so both the fish and the cat are like, what is going on? What are we doing? And you have really one of the most aggressive fish, uh, uh, right? Like beta fish are so aggressive that you have to separate them. So it's just really funny. I feel like you have like this, like, it's like where they keep superhero villains or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, they're all like- I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny, but um, that's where we, you know, we got the uh, inspiration to write our cartoon, uh -huh. which is Commander in Chief Cupcake. I could show you a little picture here oh nice yep there it is the workstation and thank you so much for uh, your voiceover work for Sheldon oh. Cooter voicing the turtle that was amazing so um, yeah I just been hanging out with the fish I got a lot of plants here too my plants are loving that I'm home you know the plants right. are, they're growing and uh just been working on doing a lot of writing and kind of coming up with funny little sketches that I can put on my Instagram and, uh, you know, it's just, but it's been a whirlwind of emotions. So I'm just trying to stay as positive as positive as possible and doing a lot more creating and mm. less consuming. Cause I think uh -huh. you know, we can all get kind of lost in the Facebook and all the opinions and stuff. So I'm just like trying to stay in my, uh, my vibe, my good vibes with the cat and the fish and the plants and creating. Do you feel like the, uh, fish or, I mean, the cat appreciates that you're home more? Or do you feel like she's like, <laughs> she's like, what's she doing here all the time? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I think dogs are more like, you know, like they would be happy that their owners are home. I think my cat is just more like she could care less. She's she like, um, it, but she's like, what are you guys doing? I'm not leaving for some reason. Well, I used to have a cat. That's why, you know, like I, I had a, for a time, I have an overlap period between the cat and the dog. Um, but the, yeah, the cat is obviously... Like the dog doesn't care. The dog is like, no matter where we go, as long as we're together, the dog is happy. But the cat, my cat was always just like, what do you guys do? <laughs> like he just was just like, wanted his space. <laughs> you know, like, I know during this time, you'd just be like, what, you guys get out of here, please. Please, can, or can I get out? Can some one of us leave? <laughs> can one of us leave? Know, look at her right now. She's like staring out the window. She wants to leave. Yeah. That's the thing about cats. They want to go out there and kill so bad. <laughs> they, want to, yeah, they want to out there murder animals, little animals, because that's what they're, I mean, they're good at it. They're very good at it, and it brings them pleasure. You know? Yeah, she makes these cute little noises when she's, like, talking out the window or, like, trying to chirp at birds, you know? They, the little, uh -huh. the little yeah. Noise. Well, have you ever seen her do any, like, mousing or any kind of... Uh, no, she's, a, no? she's an indoor cat, so she's just stuck in here. I'm sure she fantasizes and dreams about it. You know, <laughs> like, out the window. 
I found my cat. Um, I found him actually with a dead mouse. I was like, actually very proud. I was actually, it was like the first time I had him almost seven years or some shit before he did anything. And <laughs> it was like the first time he actually, and he like, there's just a laid the carcass there. And it was just like, oh, wow. He wanted you as a present. I mean, he loves you. Yeah, well, it was, uh, yeah, I think it was, I, I could see that. Yeah, I could see him being like, here, this is for you. <laughs> this is really like, thanks, buddy. It was actually, um, it's very uh, disturbing, actually, if you watch them uh, catch mice, they honestly seem to enjoy torturing them. <laughs> they really seem to really like it. So much so, you're like, oh, shit, you start taking the mouses. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard, I mean, they're kind of, I love cats, but they're, you know, they're killing machines. They're evil <laughs> little killing machines. They'll, they'll oh, yeah. murder. They're very, they're very, she, my cat, she, she does this thing where she'll like, she'll run up the staircase and then she'll run down and like attack my feet and then like run away. She wants me to play with her a lot. She's very aggressive in that way. But well, I think it's pretty funny how, yeah, they're the only animal where we, they kind of domesticated themselves like we didn't domesticate them and then we just kind of put up they're pretty much wild living in the house and we just kind of put up with here just like ah that's, she's, she's cute she's attacking me <laughs> every <chance. laughs> like if she was like a 10 pound you know she's like 15 pounds or something it'd be scary but it's just because she's little you know uh yeah, we love her so much and yeah we, i just we love her so much we wrote a whole, whole cartoon about her so we're oh, yeah, yeah, no. obsessed with our cats which is i funny. get it I get it. I missed my cat a lot. Um, he died uh, right when we got here. So 2016, he died right when he got here. I know, but he was like 17. I mean, he was old. He was getting. I had a 17 year old cat who passed away when I was 23. Oh so yeah. His, his name was Jumbo. He was a huge Mancoon cat, and Ooh. very. He was the opposite of how Cupcake is because if you called him, he would come to his name. So you'd be like Jumbo. Didn't matter where you were in the house, he would come running. And he was so big that people thought he was a dog when he'd come running by. Yeah, so it was really cool. Maine Coons, I hear, are like super affectionate and kind of dog-like in that way, where they um, they just like to cuddle and come up and stuff, and you can just grab them and stuff like that. I've kind of always wanted it's a, a big ass cat. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, Cupcake. She's she cuddles when she wants to. Like she's very she um. When we had, when we used to have people over, she would come downstairs and allow people to look at her because she knows she's very beautiful, but she uh -huh. didn't want to touch her. But she would, you know. Right. Please admire me. Yeah, you yeah. you may admire me, <laughs> which is very uh, gracious of her. I think you know. Which I <laughs> but that's what's awesome about cats. I think that's why I like having both a cat and a dog because you learn. I mean, I learned to respect the qualities of my cat. You know what I mean? Where like he just didn't care. He didn't really give a fuck, and he. But he did when he did. But he didn't care about what you care. You know what I mean? It was like, it was his terms. And like, if it's interesting, I'll come over. But, you know, I'm not going to come over because you said so. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't, you know, like, and I feel like that really is, um, it's impressive. It's not a bad way to be, you know, like, you don't have to necessarily be liked. And then there's the other side where it is nice to be social and to be loved and all that stuff. You know, all that stuff is really cool, too. And you really, um, the bond you get with like a puppy is super different because you, I mean, it, they could be manipulating me. I mean, my dog could be manipulating me, but it's like he has the face and the little thing where he's like, I'm so happy to see it. And you're like, oh, okay, buddy. You know, like where the cat is just like, yeah, the cat's just like, you know, the cat's like, yeah, I like you. But overall, the cat's like, yeah. Cause I, have you ever heard that Ellen DeGeneres joke of uh, where a guy, where a dog, yeah, if you feed a dog 
he goes, oh my God, this human feeds me and loves me. He, uh, he must be a God. And then with a cat, the cat goes, oh my God, this human feeds me and loves, loves me. I must be a God. <laughs> and that's like the joke. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Because I, I kind of feel like I can understand why the Egyptians used to worship cats. You know what I mean? They used to just kind of like put them in temples and just, <laughs> just say like. It's, if I, if I, what, my dream is if we get another cat, I want to name it Muffin. I want a mm -hmm. man to name Muffin. And then if we get a dog, I want to name it Donut. So then we'd have Donut, Muffin, and Cupcake. It'd all be cakes. Right. So they will all be good. Yeah. And I, and I, I also want to get a tortoise and I want to name it Bagel. So. <laughs> So you just like to name your animals after a baker? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I like food, so. Yeah, loves <laughs> food. It's pretty funny. Right. Oh. I mean, she's not trying to, no stereotypes about eating the animals themselves, okay? <laughs> she just likes food, everybody. <laughs> it's just food that she likes, right? Not that mass <laughs> food. Uh, so cool, you're like keeping busy doing the cartoon and stuff. How's that coming along? How's all, uh, Oh, know? we're, well, the only people that we have had over is um, every Friday our animators have a meeting together and we've been able to do that for the last two months and mm -hmm. um, well, our, one of our animators Alan Chow which is our roommate mm -hmm. and then Nikki which is Eric's cousin mm -hmm. and so they oh. just uh, come over and do the drawings and it's been it's been a really fun experience so cool. I'm really excited we've put together all the audio the audio is already done with all the voices attached now it's just um, putting the drawings together so uh -huh. we uh, we announced the banner and the banner is up on channel 310 and we put it on our facebook pages so i'm excited cool and you know, so it's really cool to i uh, you know we we dreamed this up we wrote about it and then to like see it slowly come to life is really fun well that's the thing i always um respected and enjoyed about just the whole channel 310 thing and you guys are all supporting each other putting the shows together and just making stuff you know you're just making stuff you know and i think that's important especially um i don't know i just feel like la people in la i think because the industry is here and it overshadows everything that's sort of everybody's sort of focused on breaking in and like kind of and it's very much like a um it's almost like a religious metaphor where you just you hope that you're chosen essentially like a beam of light comes down from heaven and shines on you and then you're chosen you know and then you get like sent up into the mothership or whatever and then everything will change and everything will be you know like it's a very kind of um really childish sort of view of everything you know and i think a lot of people get smacked in the face by reality when they come here that it, you know it's not like that and there's a million of you motherfuckers and like so what makes you any better you know like so you know all these realities start hitting people and you know ultimately it comes down to like we have the ability to make our own content and make our own stuff and you know if it's um i don't know if it's really good and people like it then you know you just keep making it and hopefully you get a following you know and that's all you can really I just, do i just feel like um especially these last couple months it's really i've just spent a lot of time just um you know, you're, you're at home, so you're doing a lot of introspective work. And mm. just realize, like, if you have a roof over your head, if you have food, if you have somebody that loves you and you're able to, and you have figured out what your passion is, like, you're winning. Like, you're, you've right. already won. You've, you've right. already made it. Mm -hmm. And I, and everything else on top of that is really just a bonus, you know? So I'm just, I'm just so grateful to, um, have been able to build the small following that I do have and my fan base that I do have because, you know, I just, 
it's nice to create and make people happy and put my stuff out there. And it's just like funny to think this time last year, you know, I was doing a ton of different like random sketch videos and a few of them went on world star and like, it was just so busy and like all these different clips. And now it's just come to this kind of full stop and halt. But I can honestly say like, I am happy. I'm happy, you know, but other than my moments of anxiety and sadness for the world, right. like just with what's going on in my little world is it's pretty good. And so I'm just grateful that, um, it, while I was out there doing the comedy that, you know, I was able to kind of just uh, focus on what I wanted to do and kind of not fall into like the industry trap and like do what industry thinks you should do. I'm like, we're making a cartoon because for us, because I, I know a bunch of awesome comedians who have great voices and we just want to do it, you know, yeah. and hopefully it brings joy to people when they watch it. And that's the ultimate goal, right? So it's just, uh, uh, I'm just grateful that I'm happy. I'm healthy. I've got somebody who loves me and, you know, I'm, I'm able and fortunate enough to be able to create my art. So. Yeah, no, I totally feel the same way. Like, I, you know, I'm grateful I have Raimi, you know, I'm with somebody. I'm sure it would suck if I was alone right now. You know, I'm grateful I have the life that I've built up into this point where even with this happening, it's like not, you know, to make too uh, destabilizing or anything like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm, fine you know i'm fine like i you know and i think i think that does make people mad there <laughs> there's a lot of people out there they don't want you to be fine they want you to be freaked out just like everyone else is we should all be freaked out you know like and it's some weird i i think when well, i get it i get it i think it's honestly what it is is like a lot of people are frustrated and the only thing a lot of people had in their lives was going to work and leaving home and, you know what i mean like that's literally all they had they've never had to like stay with their like significant other for like all day for months at a time you know they never do it or with their kids or you know any of these people like they usually leave the house every day and like and they got nothing else they have no outlets no creative outlets no nothing and so all they have now is news and social media and like just following everything and then just getting like really whipped up into i mean there's people telling me that they hate me right now they're like they hate me with capital letters they're like i hate you and that i'm causing the deaths of millions i don't know who i somehow <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm personally responsible from a joke i don't even know if it was like off a joke i don't even know what they're talking about i have no idea what, they, what you know what i'm saying like so it's just like people have all these emotions and they have no place to put them and i feel like yeah, I'm very grateful, and I'm sure it sounds like you are too. I'm just, so glad that the yeah. last time I was hosting a mic, you were there, because honestly, you are so <laughs> funny, and it's like, I mean, I was the one timing, so I give you a few extra minutes, just because I think you're so funny, and I love oh, you. me on stage, like, it's just, you know, there, there are some people that I truly do enjoy when they're up there, and you are one of them, so oh, I'm glad you. that my last open mic hosting <laughs> experience, you were there, I mean, I had a cool little gig for a minute, like the, um, the mic was just down the street from where I live, and it was cool. When I when we moved up to North Hollywood, I went into the Acme Theater. I saw that they're running an open mic, and I was like, oh, I'd love to host this. And, you know, the guy was like, yeah, absolutely. So it was cool that I was able to do that for a couple months until we uh, ended up here. But thanks for coming to the mic, man. Well, thank you for having me and letting me yell at the people over being afraid of the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> now I guess I look like an asshole, but whatever. Hey, listen, we're just I was just having fun. You know, we were trying to have fun. And well, what do you think about that theater? Do you think that theater is gonna make it through this, or how do you? What do you think? Because I don't. You know I mean, what? 
I don't know if any of these clubs are going to make it through this. Oh, this is how I feel. Like, if the the NBA isn't coming back, if colleges ain't coming back, like, comedy, we're on the, we're the, we're on the football. So I'm like, the world ain't come back in other places. I don't, that's why I'm just like, like I said, I'm just so happy that I'm so grateful that I got to do eight episodes of my small talk live show. You know, yeah. like you get to, if I ever feel sad about stand up, I could just go watch my show real quick on, on, on channel two. No, check that right. out. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, what do you think? Hmm. Well, I, I've heard these statistics that are pretty scary about like, uh, they say like one in five restaurants are going to survive from, from this point on. So it's not even like after they're saying like, after two months, four out of five restaurants are going to basically go bankrupt because they can't, most restaurants work on the model of like, you continually need people coming in to make rent and everything. Otherwise you don't have the cash, you know? Um, and I think most comedy clubs are essentially restaurant, <laughs> restaurants and nightclubs. You know what I mean? It's the same model. So it's hard for me to see unless they have a ton of money they're sitting on how they could a lot of them could make it through you know what i mean so i do feel like um i think the comedy that we came up in that idea of comedy with the store and the clubs popping and, and all these open mics and everybody wanting to do it and all that it, it was a bubble and it popped and the pandemic just basically forced it to pop definitely popped um yeah i did my first zoom comedy show Mm -hmm. i mean i i wasn't gonna do it and then i got asked to do it by a filipino uh american like it was a filipino kind of spotlight for um filipino heritage month and i was like Mm -hmm. oh you know i want to be with my filipinos you know so i did it and i just have to say you know my whole life i i I was so ashamed of being small and of how I'm four foot six. And I went to, um, I went to Washington State University. I have a degree in broadcast production and I wanted to be a news anchor behind a news desk because behind a news desk, you wouldn't know I'm four foot six. And now here we are in 2020 doing Zoom comedy. I could be, I could have been catfishing people the whole time. Now, how is anybody supposed, to, anybody supposed to know I'm disabled? I don't look disabled at all from this angle. I look pretty normal. So I'm just like, I, yeah, my 2010 self would have loved 2020's Zoom comedy because I was catfishing dudes on, you know, dating websites and stuff. Like, I would uh-huh. not let anybody know what was really going on with my scoliosis and son of it, but I was like, oh, let's yeah. meet me in person. Uh-huh. I my personality. But so that's why I think it's really funny. It's like we, I, I think that Zoom comedy is, it's, def- it's not the same as stand up. And I think it's funny when people argue about it online. It's like, it's a different, it's a yeah. different form of things, but you know, there's something really special about being on the actual mic and being completely vulnerable where people can truly see what you look like and, you know, being able to not have lagging when people are trying to laugh or respond. So, yeah, I mean, for me, the main thing is, um, I just don't like the idea that my head is the equal size of everybody else's head, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the con like I should be giant <laughs> like I should be this big and I should not even be able to see your re- response you know you can like see everybody in real time reacting to everything I don't know it's just that's not what this is about you know what I mean it's it's yeah, a whole other thing when you're on stage usually the light is so bright you ain't yeah. and now yeah. I 
eat each of the people. Ah, uh, you don't want that. Like, that's why comedy in the daytime is weird. You know what I mean? Because you can see everybody. <laughs> and it's not, it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be in a dark room where everybody looks at me. Like, <laughs> and you lose all your identities. You're, all your identities get uh, turned into one giant crowd. <laughs> and like, and it's all about me. You know, like, but I do get the, the outlet and, and the Zoom stuff. And I get all of that. Um, yeah. But actually, I want to get back to, wait, so you used to catfish dudes back in the day? <laughs> And, and get it they would come and they, wait, wait, so they would what what was your sort of like success rate so like what, what was I would the, I feel like when I would because I would do online dating right so it would yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just like what you can see right now because yeah. like here and I was like smiling how tall would you think I was you would think I was I don't know like think I'm four foot six yeah I wouldn't like, I would just think you were like theater. whatever yeah I would just be yeah, like, like yeah you're gonna think I'm a regular girl yeah, yeah exactly I wouldn't judge you I used to catfish guys yeah yeah I mean, I hate being catfish. I mean, I just... No, I, I get it. It's funny. It's funny to say it, but I, I get, get it. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was catfishing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I would, um, I would just talk to them and then, like, I wouldn't mention my disability, like, yeah. until, like, maybe the date or maybe until they got there and then be like, surprise, I thought you were going to my first yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think it's funny that then when I got to LA in 2016, I, um... It was like, you know, on Tinder and stuff. That's when I was doing comedy and I was like, screw it. I'm going to post pictures of me standing next to the parking meter. So <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and then guys would still show up on the date and be like, they would think that I had photoshopped that. And I'm just like, no, like this is how it was ridiculous. Wait, so. wait. They were like, oh, I thought you were standing next to a seven foot tall parking meter. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Well, that's just because yeah. there's a lot of morons here. I mean, that's yeah, a, there's a lot of, a lot yeah. of like good-looking dumb guys. <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's it's funny how um, me and Eric actually met. The first time he saw me was on stage doing. Uh, yeah. Saw me on stage. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. You know, follow your dreams, love yourself, and then you meet the person that loves you. It's great. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I just I just think it's so funny that like. Because I was just so, in college, I was just so insecure about my disability. I was so, I never wanted to talk about spina bifida. Like, spina bifida was, was like a bad word. Disabled was a bad word to me, you know? And I just, um, it wasn't until I got to LA that I, like, actually got my first disability parking placard, mm -hmm. you know? Because I, mm -hmm. like, I was like, oh, I can walk, it could be fine. But then after getting, like, a shit ton of tickets, you're like, you know what? No, let me get, let me get that placard <laughs> here. Let me, let me do that real quick. So it, it, it was a journey for me because I went to my first um, disability conference and I met other disabled people and I met other women who had spina bifida, right? And um, I remember the first time I went to a conference where other women with spina bifida and spina bifida affects different people differently where like um, I've had 12 major back operations and I... Uh, some people are in wheelchairs, some people use walking canes, and, you know, I'm very fortunate that I'm able to walk pretty normal. I do walk with a little bit of a limp. I call them a gangster lean, but uh -huh. um, when I met other people with a disability, it, it really did help me kind of just accept myself more, and then it was through getting into stand-up comedy where I was like, this is me, this is who I am, you know, and it was so freeing because here I am on stage talking about my disability, talking about all my insecurities, things that used to make me cry myself to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And I'm just talking about and strutting my chopstick legs on stage and it ain't no thing, you know, and so it was, it was, it was really wonderful. So it's just kind of funny, I think now that we're, we're doing the Zoom and I'm like, oh, I could have just. You could have just been catfishing. Man, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I used to catfish them too, except for just being Asian. I just would pretend I wasn't Asian. <laughs> I'd just be like phone calls only. We would only talk on the phone. <laughs> and then, and then I'd be like, oh man, you didn't tell. <laughs> or, uh, I just, I just think it's funny, like, cause I, you know, I'm 28 now, so I was, you know, it's like 10 years ago I was doing that kind of stuff. But I just think it's funny now. You think about. I just think about like where I was like mentally and just in my acceptance. And I'm like, how did I think that would be smart? Like, I'm just, you know, but. It, I mean, come on, you were 18. I mean, first of all, you were 18. I mean, that's, you're still a baby, you know, that's, that's just really a, it's, you're still a kid mostly coming out of high school and stuff. And it's really interesting because Witcher, it sounds like when you were growing up, you were sort of like empowering yourself by not identifying with being disabled or like, you know what I mean? Or not using that uh, in any way, but then in a way you found that it was like, it was better for you to like go head on and go just get, yeah, just get, go right into it. Yeah. You know, leaning into it hardcore. And it just, it's, uh, I, it feels so great to just finally be like, this is who I am. And I can honestly say that I accept my body fully. I love myself completely. I'm just, you know, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, maybe I would. If a genie came, it was like, yo, I'm a geek. Like, <laughs> like, you know what? Let me, yeah. let me try that real quick. But I do, I, I, I'm grateful for uh, my life experience. And I'm grateful because of my disability. I feel like I've had to uh, learn empathy. I have mm-hmm. a lot more empathy than I think the average person would because, I mean, I've spent time in a wheelchair. I've spent a lot of time in hospitals. So, like, I just... I know what that's like, and um, when you go through so much adversity, you just inevitably have more empathy for other people who are dealing with struggles, you know? Yeah. Well, but I also noticed uh, just a flip side uh, with you, especially, and I, I, I kind of, I would get it, because I think about it a lot, like, if I was disabled, and then people were sort of, like, pitying me, or sympathizing with me, or patronizing, you know, I'd be fucking so pit. you know what I mean? I'd just be like, fuck you guys, <laughs> get away from me, you know what I mean? Like, because that's even more demeaning, and they don't, you don't see that. You know what I mean? The fact that they don't even see that is like almost like you're not even given the dignity <laughs> to, 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 you know, it's like you're just a pitiable thing. And it's just like, you know what I mean? So I feel like. I just, yeah, I felt like a lot of times too, like when you're disabled or for me, for my experience, it's like you're, it's not like you're a man or a woman. You're like in this other category, you know, right. like in this like this other kind of thing right and the thing is it's like they're fucking people you know what i mean and that's the whole thing about like jokes too right like when you if you start roasting somebody disabled or somebody it's like it it's not it's not like like if people can sense when people are being mean you know what i mean when you're being mean but when you're being funny it's like the person who's the butt of the joke appreciates it because you're being included you know what i mean you're like being seen and you're a person and and i feel like you know it's I'm sure it's very common. I mean, it happens with homeless people. I'm sure it happens with disabled people. And it probably happens with ugly people. You know what I'm saying? But, like, just the idea of, like, not being seen, people just ignore, you know? They just basically ignore you and just you're not a thing, you know? And I, I just feel like most people would rather be acknowledged as a human being rather than be like, oh, you're a protected, you need to be protected or something. You know, like, it just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I just, I mean, that's just me. I just, I'm, I'm just grateful for just the evolution of my comedy and like how I have grown through comedy and just through my acceptance of my disability, my comedy has evolved. Yeah. Right? So like the, the most beautiful thing about comedy for me is like, 
I love how I could be 80 years old up there on stage talking about this song. Like for me, <laughs> this coronavirus, I'm like, okay, we're on a we're on a little a break, but I'm just gonna keep writing and create keep creating content because when you're a stand-up comedian, the comedy really doesn't just stop. Like this is for me, this is a time where I'm just gonna do more writing and it doesn't, it's not like you just get better. It's we're like we're fine wine, you know, it just gets mm -hmm. better with time. Mm -hmm. and plus, plus you and me are Asian, so we're gonna look good forever. Yeah, we got we got a good thirty years before it all crumbles. You know, before we end up. That's what I say. There's there's only three Asian ages. It's like four, forty, and a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. That's so funny. So that's it. You know. So we're there. We're in a good middle period. I, yeah. I mean, I think. Um, well, first of all, hey, what is so? What exactly is uh, spina bifida? So spina bifida is like being. I would put in the simplest terms, I like to say it's like being born with a spinal cord injury. Mm, so okay. um, when I was born, my parents did not know that I was going to be disabled. So when I like mm -hmm. came out and they're like, oh, surprise, you know, and I, mm -hmm. uh, I had a, uh, the, the, my back, it didn't fully form or close. So they had to do an operation because um, the um, part of the spine was exposed. Okay. And so that's why when you do an operation, it can affect your, you know, your walking. Yeah, people can have shunts. I mean, there's a lot of things. Like when I was born, they told my parents um, that I would never be able to walk, that I would have difficulty learning, and that, you know, not to really expect much. Wow. So Whoa. my mom, being from the Philippines, and she had just gotten to America, you know, she was like, oh, no, not, that's not going to happen to my daughter. I come from America, okay? She's going to walk. So I really do credit my mom for just her advocacy for me in the hospitals. And, like, my parents um, have always been so supportive. You know, I just, like, I remember being in middle school. I'd have to go um, every three to four months. I'd always have to get, like, x-rays on my back because um, – as you grow and the spine can curve, you can, mm. there's different things that could happen. So like, uh, what, I can't remember the name of it, but, um, they were like worried that, um, as I was going through puberty, that, uh, my spine was going to twist in a way that would make me lose the ability to walk. But my mm. parents didn't tell me that. So I didn't, I had no idea. I was like, Oh, I just need to get these x-rays all the time. Like oh. I didn't know that there was this big fear of when I turned 13, that something might go, you know, crazy. Um, and I really am, I'm just so grateful that my parents uh, always like pushed me, you know, in school. And um, I, I was ASB president of my fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade class. I lost freshman year to Taylor mm -hmm. Olson because her campaign was give someone new a chance, you know? So my Give someone new? Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> was it like a weird uh, white thing? Was it like, <laughs> let's vote in one of us. <laughs> give someone new a chance. Uh, my slogan was, I may be small, but I can make a big difference. <laughs> oh, also, have a heart. Vote for Lila Hart. Vote oh, for wow. heart. Lila Hart. So, I mean, but I, because when I first ran for ASB president in the fifth grade, the reason I did it was I remember being in fourth grade and walking, you know, to elementary school, and the uh, first graders were taller than me, and that pissed me off. And I was mm. like, you know what? I need respect in this damn school. If I become ASB president, they're going to all respect <laughs> me. So, I ran against Jordan Alexander, and his slogan was, don't be a salamander, vote for Alexander. So he lost, you know. Mm -hmm. That just was, we weren't going to turn into reptilians or whatever the hell. That was mm -hmm. just going to happen. Um, but I remember being in the fourth grade, and I memorized my speech, you know, and you're supposed to do it in front of the entire uh, student body. 
and I did my little speech and I was like, maybe small, but I could make a big difference. And that was like the first time I spoke in front of a large crowd. Uh -huh. Now I'm doing comedy. So wow. Doing that. Wow. That's actually, um, it's an incredibly Machiavellian sort of viewpoint <laughs> from a little kid. Or <laughs> you're like, I will just take over the political machine of the school. <laughs> and then they will. I literally, I mean, I remember coming off of the school bus and being like, you know what? I'm smaller than everybody. I'm going to be president. And then they'll have to respect me. Like, I, I just remember walking home from school. So we'd, um, the bus stop was like near my house. And I would walk by myself. I'm like, my parents were cool. I just rode the bus. You know, mm -hmm. I remember they wanted to have the short bus come pick me up. You know, the displaced oh, bus. My mom was mm -hmm. like, no, she'll ride the regular bus. She's fine. Right. And um, I just remember walking in. I'm like, mom, I'm going to run for president. And she was like, okay, cool. And yeah, she was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it's just funny. Yeah, that's great. That's great that, um, yeah, your mom was so invested in making sure that you weren't like, you know, um, you didn't feel like you had to be protected or a victim or, you know, like, or just like, because that your um, attitude could have been so much different, you know, like coming into, because um, I see people doing that with kids who are fine, you know what I mean? Like just kids who aren't disabled, they're like trying to protect them and coddle them and they treat them like they're little you know precious victims or whatever and i'm like i just feel like you're just creating monsters you know what i mean <laughs> just, they're, they're just gonna be like it, just terrible monsters later like because they can't fend for themselves they have no empathy for others they think they deserve everything you know and it's just i don't know I, it's um well, i don't know i mean uh, one thing i it sometimes makes me wish the coronavirus killed the kids that's what i, <laughs> I just, <laughs> <laughs> the old people have wisdom. They have something to teach us. Because <laughs> we can make more kids. Oh, <laughs> right. oh man. I um yeah, I'm just I'm I'm super grateful for my That's mom. That's awesome. Yeah. She really is my best friend, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like this is how I see it. My mom, you know, she's from the Philippines and she had uh, my, I have two older sisters, okay? And so when my dad met her, he's in the military. And when they met, uh, my mom had, you know, two kids in the Philippines and my dad fell in love with her and brought her to America. And I and I think to myself, if my mom can be from a third world country in the Philippines with two kids and my dad could fall in love with her, I was like, my disabled ass can find love, okay? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In America. But I just like, I, for a long time, you know, like I, especially as you get older, right? Like when I'm, um, people are getting taller, people are growing boobs. And I was like, still looking like I was in the sixth grade while I was like a, a you know, a freshman in high school. I was like, this, this sucks. Yeah. Um, it's just, I'm just so grateful that I had my parents to have that support system and that, you know, they've been married now for um, 29 years. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And so it's like, I'm just so grateful that I had that love and that support system because I've gone through a lot of challenges when you're, when you look significantly different from the rest of your peers, you know, there's just different things you have to face in life. I mean, I'm, I remember people be like complaining about being short. I'm like, you don't know what short is, okay? Right. Like, I wish, I wish I was cheerleader short, okay? Right. I'm not cheerleader short. I'm disabled and slightly disfigured short, and I ain't like that. But, you know, I've, it, it truly did make me who I am today. And without my parents being so loving and supportive and just setting that example of love and, I wouldn't be where I am, you know? I feel like I've I've proved a lot of people wrong and I think a lot of people doubt you. I mean, I just, but here I am. Yeah. And I'm doing it and I'm just, I'm grateful to, you know, be with a partner who loves me and, um, and inspires me to work even harder and believes in my dreams. So it's just, it's really cool. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think um, you're one of the really rare cases of uh, someone who's funny, who had a, a good childhood with good parents. <laughs> you know, like most of the time, most of the time, reason people are funny is because the parents fucked about. Well, I mean, for me, like I actually, like I feel lucky that of all things, my parents didn't stay together <laughs> and weren't around because I think I would have been a much worse person. Like in just in retrospect, like kind of like looking at the two of them and being like, it's for the best that they didn't stick. Cause they, you know, they split up when I was six months old and I never, I never, I didn't, I didn't meet my mom until I was like 28. So I like met her for the first time in New York. Um, cause my aunt, uh, my aunt helped me track her down and shit and I wanted to meet her. So I ended up meeting her for the first time. And it was just like, it was just crazy. It was like, like here, like, first of all, she was supposed to call me for the first time on my birthday and then she did it. <laughs> and she like just did it. And I was like, Oh, okay. So then my aunt, called her and I get think like she was like super pissed off and I don't know what she did but she basically like threatened her and forced her to meet me and so then we ended up meeting at um I don't know if you know uh, New York well but you know Port Authority like this is a giant bus station essentially it's just like a giant train bus station so we met there and she brought her mom like to the meeting right which is like right so it's like it's just like all this shit in retrospect made me think like you know, is that, and I have a whole bit about this or whatever, but like, you know, but basically my joke is all like, yeah, my joke is just about like, oh, you needed one of those with you? I needed mine. <laughs> like, what? Where's mine? Oh, it's you. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just hilarious that she didn't have the empathy to see how that would look to her own son. You know what I mean? Like, if you're meeting your own son for the first time, you bring your mom. <laughs> what does that say about motherhood and like you know that was just and then at the end of it she fucking gave me money like she gave me like fucking she gave me cash and was like my and her my grandma was like for your trouble essentially was like for your trouble and whatever and i was just like wow all right well whatever i took the money but you know but, <laughs> you know, but like like uh they fucking try to buy me a watch and shit or take me to macy's and buy me shit and like i was just like no i don't want any of this and then basically i was just like look i just you know uh, i just wanted to meet you and that's fine and then you know if you want to have any kind of like relationship or whatever like email each other you know that would be cool and then and then basically she was like nah <laughs> she was like no no that's cool no and then um i mean i asked her like why does she have my dad and she really i mean it was pretty simple it was all just like she they weren't getting along you know they hated each other and you know and her sister died of cancer when I was six months old and she she basically like took me to Washington DC and then like ran away from home like never came back and then so my dad actually went and tracked her down in Washington DC so he was in LA went to Washington DC tracked her down and then uh it took me years for me to finally get this one story out of him but he basically was like yeah I met her she brought the baby and then I asked, I basically asked her, okay, maybe it's over between us, but do you want to keep, you know, the kid? And she was like, no. So I just, so then he just took me back, you know, like, so this, so then they split up and like, and so, you know, so the next time I met her was when I turned 28 and saw her, you know, um, so that's crazy. That's not even the craziest thing. That's the craziest thing. Okay. So we're going to uh, the bus her bus she has to catch a bus uh, to go back to maryland or whatever so taking her to the bus line or whatever um and then she gives me these pictures and it is two girls like korean girls and she tells me that they're my half sisters she's like these are your half sisters and they live here in new york 
And I was like, holy, because I'm an only child. So I'm like, oh my God. Like you're telling me that I'm half sister right now. You're dropping this on me right now. I'm like, oh my God. And then I was like, did you, wait, wait, do they know about me? Like, do they know about me? And she was like, no. And then, and then she like fucking left. <laughs> and she just left. Both of them just walked off into the bus terminal or whatever. So I was there with like two grand in cash, two pictures of these Korean girls. And I was like, no idea what the fuck to make of it. And it took me a long time. I mean, I, I, mean, I had been going to therapy. I started going to therapy after that. You know, I did it all this shit. It took me a while to fucking figure out. But like, yeah, I mean, I have a whole, I have, you know, I eventually made a bit about it, you know, a big bit about it or whatever. So that, you know, that's my how I dealt with it or whatever, but. Sisters? Oh, no, no, not at all. Uh, look, so my, okay, so my joke is basically the reason I think she gave them to me, those pictures, is because she didn't want me to accidentally fuck them, you know, because they, <laughs> they're in the city with me, you know, because they lived in the city. <laughs> so she was like, <laughs> she's like, here you go. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> These are your sisters. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have no other, there's no other reason I can think of because it's like she didn't care if I met them. She didn't care if they knew about me. They didn't know about me. They have no idea who I am. So, like, why do, do I need to know what they look like? You know what I mean? So, but that's the kind of psychotic, you know, shit. I, that's the bullet I dodged. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of the things I came out of this as an adult. As an adult, you know, if I had met her as a kid and went through all this stuff as a kid, I probably wouldn't have handled it very well, I don't think. But I think because of, I had done, a lot of work anyways like on myself and like got to a point where i could i could kind of like both empathize with her but then yeah. also defend myself you know what i mean like do both you know what i'm saying like because because she's my mom you know it's like a very deep and heavy thing to be like oh she's just a person you know she was just a person who made just bad mistakes bad choices bad mistakes you know bad and she just is really hoping to not have to deal with this. <laughs> that's really her attitude, you know? And that's like, it's like, you know, on le one level is very painful, obviously, but you know, it's very deep, but, but on the other level, I'm like, it was kind of, once I accepted it, I felt freed in a way. Like I was no longer sort of enslaved by this, the pain of like, my mother doesn't love me or my mom, you know, like all this stuff, you know? And, and, and I feel like that's part of what drove me to comedy too, is like, once I was able to have that distance and then start laughing about it, like it helped me sort of laugh at other things, you know? It's like, once you can laugh bits, at the- Those bits that you got out of that meeting is hilarious. So yeah. It's pretty solid. Solid. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Very yeah. hilarious. A lot of, a lot of, I ate a lot of dicks getting there. I ate a, it made people so uncomfortable when I started talking about it. Because it, it is pretty, because at first, it's very hard to like figure out how to approach it because it is like a heavy thing, you know? And a lot of people can't, um, just can't form the distance, you know, themselves. Because you start thinking about your own mom, you start thinking about like, what if my mom was that? You know, you can't help but to do that. And then a lot, you know who actually I've been fucking, um, the people who actually like have come up to me and been like, I don't like it, are like mothers, are actual, <laughs> are actual, like people who are mothers who are like, I would never do that. And I can't believe that. I, they're like, you know what I mean? They get like really upset at me. I, but I know they're not upset at me. They're like upset because they're thinking about themselves doing that. And then, you know what I mean? And that upsets them. So they're projecting onto me or whatever. But like, I don't know. But I feel like for me, it becomes, it, it becomes like a weapon instead of, wielded against me it becomes my weapon i can wield right. against the world right 
Yeah. No, that I mean that's it's like uh, comedy comes from a lot of trauma and pain. Yeah. And I I have great parents. My trauma comes from being disabled. You right, know? right, like, right. Life. Yeah. Life and the people I encountered from that. And so it's just it's just it's fascinating to think that you can you can go like one or two ways. I think I could have like hid away from the world, and then it's like, but I chose to be like I'm just gonna come gonna face my demons i'm gonna face it and just like you just be on stage and talk about these things that hurt me and it's just like and then, and then there's the is the comedy right there yeah and i feel like there's something very um healing you know there's something very healing about it that is um it's like at the same time it's like both kind of like glorified and underestimated at the same time you know what i mean because i think i think everybody realizes how important it is and how great it is and so there's this almost like um weird idolizing of it and this this sort of idea of like this is what comedy should be this is what we should be talking about you know whatever and then there's sort of the idea of like comedy as the court jester right like the court jester is not there to like amp up the king and be like the king is on you know the court jester is there to point out you know funny things and hypocrisies and you know what i mean like that and basically ride the line until the king decides he dies <laughs> right <laughs> like that's but that is what the danger that's why it's funny and that's why there's danger because there is supposed to be danger there's supposed to be a real danger of like going too far and then being like right. oh, <laughs> you know because otherwise it's safe because otherwise you're just uh, like an entertainer essentially just making everybody feel good you know um and i do i'm sure like when you were kind of coming into your own as a comic and talking about your disability and all that stuff like people were getting uncomfortable you know people oh, were yeah. like and, oh, and yeah and it's almost like too like because i um i got on the show little women la mm -hmm. uh and it's uh and i actually did stand-up comedy for the girls and they came to see my show and i i remember like right before i was gonna go on stage i'm like am i gonna do my midget bits am i gonna do that and i'm like <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna do it because I have my, you know, my line. I say that um, I'm not a midget. I'm Filipino, you know, and because <laughs> this is how I feel. Like if you have a joke that is super offensive, you and if you believe in that joke, you should be able to do that joke in the room in a room full of people that it would offend, mm -hmm. you know. Otherwise, it's not a good joke. So I did the joke in front of the girls, and um, afterwards I got to meet them, and it was on camera, and they. <laughs> they were not happy with me they were not happy with me <laughs> saying the m word on stage and uh -huh. um i'm just so grateful that we were able to have that conversation on national television you know uh -huh. and, I, and i'm really proud of how i handled it and what i said because it was like i told them you know i understand where you're coming from but i need to understand where i'm coming from i'm not saying this word to offend you i'm saying this word because it used to be something that used to hurt me and mm -hmm. now here i am on stage taking power from that and it's like we're all on our own journeys of acceptance two weeks before i did stand up i went to a show and adam ray was actually performing and he talked about he said on stage he was talking about brad williams and he said his midget friend brad williams and um i remember sitting in my seat looking like because i'm just an audience member at this point and i'm like oh my god he said midget everyone's gonna think he's talking about me <laughs> and i i like li literally that was what i was thinking I'm like everybody's gonna think that he's talking about me he's the, the, the minute he's talking about his me even though he clearly said it was his friend who's a guy and right. it was about him like fucking some stripper and, and and i was like no they're gonna think i was the one that was doing that and it's just like it just shows that's where i was in my journey that i was like getting so offended because i hadn't um, gone through some of my own internal work, right? And mm -hmm. so then now my comedy has evolved and changed. Now that I've actually, I have so many little people friends. I went to my first uh, LPA 
in in uh, July of last year at Little People of America in San wow. Francisco, and that's uh -huh. when two thousand little people from all over the country and world wow. came together. And can I just tell you, when I walked in, it was like I was like the tall one, you know. So no. <laughs> I um I have a uh, my best friend Saskia Cassie. She's the world's smallest stripper. She's two foot ten. So two foot ten. And when we so I have a short torso. My um, spina bifida and scoliosis has caused my torso to be stunted, right? But I have like regular size legs and limbs. So I have like long arms, long legs. And so when I'm me and her are sitting down together, and she's two foot ten, we're the same size sitting down. And both are like, because if I'm at a restaurant, right, and like the table will come up to here on me because my shoulders uh -huh. are short. But when we stand up, I have these long legs. So <laughs> I remember going to LPA and like walking in, and like everybody was looking at me like, "Who is this long-legged girl?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, this <laughs> feels like to be a bad bitch at the club." What? Like, oh my god! And every night we would have these like dances, and gosh, it was so amazing just to be around. So many different people who look so different, but like being eye level to everybody, it was it was really awesome. But that experience also helped me kind of evolve my comedy, right? Because like now, it's one thing to like have think about the ways that um, I was hurt with certain words, but now that I'm actually like friends with so many different people of so many different sizes and um, disabilities and races and all that, like it just your comedy grows and evolves. And so mm -hmm. if I, I would love to go back on Little Women LA and like perform for the girls, you know, now with some of, with the material I have now. And I feel like they would, because I'm more experienced, they would be able to understand and um, appreciate it more, you know? So, but I'm grateful for the, you, you learn, you learn what works and you learn what doesn't. So. Oh yeah. I'm sure you would kill, it would kill in a whole room. Like if you went back, uh, you'd probably murder that. Their tiny little laughs would fill the entire <laughs> stadium. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah. you were like fucking beyonce walking through there basically oh my god it's so amazing and, I, and then i just remember like some one of um this uh this guy he comes up to me he's like uh like what kind of little person are you and i'm like dude we're eye level right now like what are you talking about it's just, it's, i don't it was just really funny but was he, like um, trying to say you were you weren't you were like posing you're a poser basically like why yeah. are you pretending I mean, to be not, if you watch the episode on Little Women, too, like, because, you know, it shows them going through, and they're like, um, there was one scene where one of the girls were like, she's saying midget on stage, and she's not even a dwarf, and I'm like, I didn't know that you had to have dwarfism to be able to, you know, I'm just like, I, I know, I have spina bifida, and it's, it's, it's just kind of funny, because, like, comedy is the perfect, like, it ended up being perfect for me, because, like, when I, like I said, when I went to my first disability conference, you know, I walked into there and some of the girls were like, you're not in a wheelchair, you're not using walking canes. And I kind of got hit with, um, I just felt like I didn't even, I, I, I was so misunderstood in so mm. many different groups, right? Because it's like, I don't look like anybody. I'm in this like gray area, but it's perfect for comedy because I can touch on so many different things, right? And as I get better over the years, you just get more, your jokes evolve and you kind of just, you figure out how to present them in a way that it can really made people understand your point of view and where you're coming from and can really hit the comedy a little harder. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of good, um, there's good stuff that comes out of being like an outcast, like having the per perspective of an outcast, and especially within the circles of an outcast, being outcast <laughs> inside that circle, because then you're just like, wait, I thought the whole point of this <laughs> was that you weren't like those guys, <laughs> but, like, it's, but it's just the same. And the thing is, comedy is the same too. Comedy is like a little high school, you know what I'm saying? Like every, and then I think really what it, 
for me, I feel like it just shows me that people are all the same. No matter what, whenever right. they get into groups, it doesn't matter what group it is, doesn't matter what they are, when they get into groups, they're gonna start acting like this, you know? That's just what they naturally do. They start forming cliques, start forming hierarchies, you know, like they start, yes, yes. yeah, you know, so that's, so that's hilarious that like your, um, your like authenticity is questioned <laughs> as like a little person or person is fine a bit better like wait what are you doing here you don't look like you suffer enough or whatever yes, i'm like dude we are eye to eye right now we're looking yeah. at both i think i belong you know and um but it was it's kind of crazy to think because so that so i went to lpa and then the, the following weekend i was working in calgary for stampede have you ever heard of Stampede in Calgary? Mm -mm. It's like this. What's that? It's in Canada, and it's um this uh, country music festival. And so I got hired with another little person, and like we were, were on stage with some of the performers, like in front of like two thousand like people dancing, and it was really awesome. But I remember from LPA to Calgary, Canada, right where they have not really seen little people so the, everybody's like coming i'm like oh my god like when i take pictures of me because i'm like tiny and i'm like you don't even know like i'm, I'm actually pretty tall you know compared but it's just <laughs> funny because i went from being like the tall like one of the tall ones then i go to calgary where a lot of canadians are like really huge you know mm -hmm. and then i'm like back to being the smallest one again i'm like life that's just life like it's perspective and i'm just i'm just grateful to have had all these experiences because it just makes you better as a comedian when you can kind of put yourselves in all these different situations and groups yeah um well lila um let's see okay let's start wrapping it up thank you so much for the time you've given me and also it's been great just talking to you and catching up with you um i know i miss months. you so much i miss i miss seeing you on stage because really you are so funny <laughs> oh thank you well you know what it's comedy's coming back um i think no matter what people will um eventually even if it's like illegally they will start gathering and doing comedy and they'll do it you know what i mean because it's it's just like um comics are compulsive and they have to and uh, audiences are like people are dying to get out and do something you know what i mean they really yes, are yes. And, and even if now by now they're like okay we get the risks and fine whatever like some people are like well let's we'll take the risks whatever like let us just live our lives you know so so i do feel like um I think we're in a really interesting time, you know, in comedy. And I think I'm, I'm, like, just, I'm grateful to be alive. I think yeah. remember in 2012 when they said that the world was ending, oh, you know, no. they, they were wrong. The world ain't ending, but at least we're alive to see this. Yeah. Crazy. And I think it's like, it's always, um, people are always wrong when they project that kind of shit. You know what I mean? They're always like, ah, oh, we're all going to die. Right. And then you're not. And then I think the big thing about that is that like, it's actually scarier to realize that oh you gotta deal with your own shit you gotta like deal with, you're gonna actually work on yourself now <laughs> you actually like put the bottle down or put this you know what i mean like it's like introspection is one of the scariest things i think yeah uh, for people for most people and you know we have the advantage of kind of embracing it but i think but i think it's also awesome that you're so grateful and you're just having like a very productive time you know like that's just you're making i got a lot of fish to feed and a lot of plants got, to water you know yeah so. you've got 12 betas just itching to kill each other <laughs> you gotta get wait what are the other two fish you have 12 beta you have two other fish? and then two um are just they're just giant goldfish oh okay and they're yeah, together the turtles which i'm like kind of getting nervous about because the turtles are getting bigger and i'm like oh my god there's gonna somebody's gonna eating somebody so yeah there's a war is gonna have it and you got a cat in there it's gonna be a, you should film the whole thing you don't need a cartoon you actually have a live action like animal live action. Going you so can have both you can actually have both you can have the cartoon and the live action version oh that's so funny that's actually what i should do yeah that is it <laughs> um 
All right, Lila, what do you, um, do you, anything you want to plug or uh, your socials uh, or anything you want to? Uh, yeah, um, you guys can find me at Love Lila Hart on Instagram, L-O-V-E-L-I-L-A-H-A-R-T. And then you can watch all my small talk episodes on Channel 310, and that's on YouTube. That's right. So Channel 310, a um, bunch of other great shows, High Tonight Show and all the other great shows on there. And um, Love Lila Hart on Instagram, Twitter as well? Or yeah, do you, do Twitter that's also? another funny thing. I've actually been using Twitter a lot during oh, this cool. Right. I wasn't a Twitter person, but like I'm loving Twitter. I'm like, so that's where all the good news is on. You know, you can like find everything. All the news is on there, and Twitter is essentially a great place to uh, troll. Just like you could troll like Obama if you want. You know what I mean? Like you troll like the most powerful people in the world, <laughs> like Trump. Like it's so funny that you have direct access to these people. <laughs> you could just talk shit to them. So that's that's one of the best things. To do. Yeah, Twitter is great. I'm, I'm loving it. So I'm loving Lila Hart on Twitter too. Awesome. All right, thank you again, Lila. And, uh, See you soon. Bye. It's been so great. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.